0: You are listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash Podcast, where you can get access to special bonus content like our Whole Church News segment, where once a month we discuss the news of the whole church from around the globe. We wanted to offer a special trigger warning for today's episode, as we will be discussing the topic of abortion. We will not be discussing how one should vote on this topic, but rather, as Christians, who all in this episode believe in the importance of life both for the unborn and for the pregnant women, how do we approach this topic when discussing with others? We hope this episode is helpful, challenges you, and encourages you.
1: 1 Corinthians 6, 7-11 in the CSB say, As it is, to have legal disputes against one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do this to brothers and sisters. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit the God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Paul says a lot here about being divided, getting into legal debates, and turning away from sin. Pastors Jennifer and Will, what can Christians learn about unity today from Paul's insistence that we should rather be wronged and cheated than end up in these situations?
2: Unity is Christ's full intention for us. Unity with each other and unity with God. Um, And Christ made a way for that. Christ on the cross and in the empty grave actually united us. We just keep acting like he didn't <laughs> we just keep uh, living in our sin and um i think that breaks god's heart um so yeah paul saint paul yeah. we should uh we should be willing to be wronged or cheated if christian unity unity is at stake um but or and we are captive to sin and we cannot pray ourselves and we love being right more than we love mm. love more than we love our neighbors and also we can thank God that, like, Paul is a little bit off here in that. I know that sounds, that's a rough way to say it, but,
3: <laughs>
2: but we are greedy and verbally abusive and we are drunkards and we are sexually immoral, et cetera. And, and yet Christ has made a way and we will inherit the kingdom because of Christ, not because of us. But, um, so Christian unity is the actual truth and we just need to remember that and live into it.
0: Now, could you elaborate real quick? We can't continue to be drunkards or any of that. Is Or is that what you're saying?
2: I'm not. I'm just saying that if you look around, we are. I mean, I'm a baptized person who still sins, right? I have been um, sanctified and what does he say? Sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord. And yet, am I ever greedy? Do I ever sin? Um and does my sinfulness preclude me from inheriting the kingdom? Not because of Christ, it does not. I mean, my unity with Christ. Now, my sanctification and living into my, my baptism um, is the life that I actually live, right? Um, it's not on paper somewhere. It's my actual lived life is, yes, I sin and yes, I am Uh, An inheritor of the kingdom because of Christ in my unity.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, as two Lutheran pastors gather here on this podcast to talk about hot topics today, like Lutherans have uh, a pretty uh, rich theology of, of us being both saint and sinner, and and embodying that those two occupy the same space at the same time, and yet it's through our baptism into Christ, life, death, and resurrection that that shines a light on on the sainthood because. Of what Christ done, not what we do or continue to do. But so we should always strive towards sainthood and strive not to sin and strive not to wrong our neighbor or or be immoral or or take advantage of the relationships entrusted to us, but but yet also knowing I think that's what Paul is getting at here. This this verse can also be used as a clobber verse to take it out of context to condemn people. But I think at the root of what Paul is saying is like, hey guys, you're going to like Jennifer said so beautifully, we're more we're more concerned about being right than we are loving our neighbor. And we take people to court because we want to be right or lord it over them. He's like, look, um, it's not that we should take abuse or not stand up for ourselves um, or or clobber people over with this verse, but it's it's more like take a look in the mirror and look at yourself rather than looking at your neighbor. And if you look at yourself deeply, you'll see that you are all those things as well, Um, and to shift the attention away from condemning, judging others to take a look at your own actions.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, and the reason I continue to do this show is so that I can continue to be accredited the great honor of, and, and it really, it almost tears me up that I get the, the privilege to introduce to you the one and only, the world's greatest co-host, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Thanks. <laughs> 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 <And> <laughs> 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 and today, I this might this is almost definitely the most controversial episode of Whole Church you will have ever listened to. I think it might be our most controversial episode. We'd like to take time before responding to any current events or anything like that. Over the summer, um, Roe v. <laughs> Wade was overturned, <laughs> and Roe v. Wade was overturned, and there has been much debate, much turmoil within the church and without the throughout you know, the outside of the church, we're going to be discussing not whether or not abortion is right, but can we disagree on how to approach this topic and still have unity or can we not? And that's going to be a huge question. So we have two pastors here with us to address that. Mm. Your favorite recurring guest, most likely, because he is the most frequent recurring guest, I believe, (laughs) is Pastor Will Rose, Wilbo Baggins, the wonderful Will
3: of Chapel Hill Holy Trinity Church. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. And just for the record, the, the nickname Wilbo Baggins was given to me by the one and only TJ. So very, very ah. blessed. And I'm still using that. And I'm saying it in my head a lot all day long <laughs> and when and to other people, to where it's was getting on people's nerves when I said, no, you can call me Wilbo. <laughs> um, and then when you said that this is the most uh, controversial uh, whole church uh, episode yet, I wanted to respond like TJ and go, thanks. <laughs>
0: Which brings us to our other pastor that we have with us. Uh, you have heard her before. I like to pretend that she is a friend of the show. She will be All after right. this, I'm sure. Yeah, right. we have
1: Pastor Jennifer Shimoda of Cobles Lutheran in North Carolina.
0: Well, welcome to the show. So, if you're a fan of the
1: show, and we hope you are, if you're listening, or not, actually, I love to have haters. But <laughs> head on over to Facebook, join our Facebook group. Uh, it's a great time. I've heard. And you could talk directly to Josh, not me. I don't go on Facebook. Uh, you have to work a little bit harder to get in contact with me. Uh, mm-hmm. But the group is mm-hmm. called the Whole Church Group. You can find us super easy.
0: Yeah. Get in there. And uh, for those of you who have listened before, you know, and Pastor Will knows, and TJ knows, Pastor Jennifer is about to find out that I have a favorite form of unity. Uh, it's what I believe to be the most powerful force in the universe outside of, you know, the Holy Spirit. And that is Silliness. Silliness is my favorite form of unity because it's just so, so hard to really disagree, to really hate one another when you're being goofy. When you're goofy enough, hate is impossible. In fact, maybe instead of love being the opposite of hate, goofiness is. Sorry. I will go ahead and start this question. I'll answer first, give you all time to think about it. And I'll have to preface with, originally, we did not know we were going to get a backup. We didn't know we were going to have extra reinforcements for this episode. So I made this silly question targeted at Will. And today's question is, which superhero would be the most fun to catch a wave with? For those of you who don't know, Will is a big geek and a big surfer, so we thought this would be fun for him. I'm going to go ahead and say you can't say Aquaman or Namor because okay. that's just too easy. Um,
3: <laughs> you better I'm not gonna... take mine. You better not take mine.
0: You know, I'm going to go with a really stereotypical answer. I- I'm going to go with Spider-Man because he's just he's very agile. I'm sure he'd be able to do a lot of cool stuff there, but also he's just funnier. And if I'm thinking of superheroes that I just want to hang out with, Captain America might be my favorite, but I don't imagine him to be a ton of fun to just hang out with. Spidey, on the other hand, that, that guy's got to be fun to be around. He's got some, some good jokes.
3: And, so and sur- there's when you <laughs> surf, there's a lot of downtime too. You know, there's bursts of energy catching a wave or you wipe out or you catch a wave to the beach and you paddle back out and then you kind of sit and wait for the wave. So a lot of the time, uh, that maybe people don't understand is it's just sitting in the water waiting for the next wave and so if you're by yourself, you're alone, you're with your thoughts or you're with a bunch of people you have conversation with out in the water so yeah I think um, Spidey would be a good one to have a conversation with and he has the agility of a spider so I'm curious what kind of like tricks he can do on a surfboard I think it would be yeah. pretty sick
1: I feel like yeah. uh, surfing really is the golf of water sports and just doesn't get talked about enough
3: okay that's, yeah. Okay. it would be yeah, a lot okay. more patient than you think there you go. but yeah, for my answer
1: yeah for a second i wanted to cheat and say mara like aquaman's mara
0: that, but i only no. wanted
1: to say that because you said we couldn't say aquaman <laughs> yeah,
0: no uh, no water-based heroes
1: <laughs> original answer was gonna be silver surfer
0: yeah you said original does that mean you, you, mean you have a new one or was mara the new
1: one? Oh, it's, it's silver surfer
0: ah nice yeah that's a good one that's a good one no <laughs>
3: okay okay uh pastor will Okay, I, I too will choose Silver Surfer, and and <laughs> I'll give my reason why and expand on that a little bit. Well, because uh, it seems like a cliche answer, it seems like um, a bald surfer would pick another bald surfer to hang out with, but I don't yeah. have the same abs as Silver Surfer, so I feel like we're two different people. And um, he has this board. Like I, as a surfer, when I see other people's surfboard, I'm tempted to say, hey can i try that out and it's kind of rude if you don't know the person stranger you're like hey can i just take your board and surf on it um but there have been times when i've seen somebody's board on the beach and go i i really need to try that and they don't know me from whoever and don't know my <laughs> skill level they're like i'm not gonna trust my board you." but i feel like i would want to borrow silver surfers board because it's a cosmic board and not only you're riding water waves but you could ride like light waves gravity waves and sound waves. it's a cosmic yeah, surf board. i bet you catch so, some so, wild yeah, air yeah yeah you could <laughs> surf in space view. And if there's yeah. anything I'd like to do, it'd be to surf in space. So that's that that's thing's awesome long too. Space. It's at least fifteen feet, at least. Yeah. I think it. I think it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to go down a silver surfer um, path, but we got. So we have more yeah. time to do. We have less time for that, and more time for other stuff.
0: Pastor Jennifer, I am aware that you have had time to indulge in some MCU. So hopefully that prepares I you
2: have. some for this
3: question. And I'm know. not
2: sure. I thought about this question. And I am picking Ant Man, but only because oh, Paul nice. Rudd. <laughs> I want to go with Paul okay. Rudd. That's fair. Okay, yeah,
0: that's so fair. that's Very fair. fair. <laughs> okay.
2: All right, there you go. Very, Very fair.
0: fair. Um, nice. Also, a correct answer would have been Mikey from the Ninja Turtles. That would have been super? good no? answer
3: too. I, I think
0: so. I think they count.
3: And if Ant-Man, if he has like this kind of uh, – he could shrink and enlarge things. Like you could have a wave, bigger, bigger wave. He could improve the wave quality. Brilliant, Jennifer. Brilliant. Yes, but also Paul Rudd. <laughs> also Paul. Mo- Mostly Paul Rudd. <laughs> right.
1: So uh, for the real show, the Actual Whole Church Podcast, um, you are both leaders in the uh, Evangelical Lutheran Churches of America. Uh, many people think the ELCA and the PCA, the Presbyterian Church in America, as two of the more liberal evangelical denominations. Uh, not asking you both to speak on behalf of the denominations, but let's start with an easy, basic question to get it out of the way. Are y'all personally pro-abortion?
3: Will? Not necessarily a funny question, but the way you phrased it. I know, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll t- get the softball answer softball question first jennifer i'll I'll let you take the lead now i don't know if we're kidding
2: or serious because if we're talking about the phrase pro-abortion i would have to push against that um i think i would never claim the label of pro-abortion um maybe some people do um but i think it's a mistake for us to label let's say there are only two sides this is a spectrum of people's perspectives of this issue right but if there are just two sides and one is pro-life and the other one, well, and one is pro-life and pro-life folks would um, want a woman to choose life every time, every pregnancy. Then if you say someone is pro-abortion, do you think that they think every woman should choose abortion every time, every pregnancy? So so that's that's why we call it pro-choice instead of...
0: Yeah, that's... Part of why we phrased it that way, we don't think any we were hoping no one was going to say they were pro abortion so <laughs> all
2: right, I wasn't sure about uh yeah. yeah so okay well then um that's that's uh my answer to that <laughs> so um i I'm really honored to be here to have a really yeah. um meaningful conversation about a really complex issue so I'm grateful that you're even doing this and that you invited me to be a, a part of it um, and my 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 uh, reason for being here and the thing that compels me the most in this issue um, uh, you can go to any podcast and read anywhere all of the reasons people argue about abortion but we're here to talk about Christian unity and that um, that's just the most beautiful um, dream and reality that I can imagine. And it's only beautiful. Um, it's beautiful because it's complicated and it's what we work toward in Christ. Um, and it's so hard. Um, and the, um, the nuance it's, um, there's a lot of nuance and that doesn't fit on a bumper sticker that doesn't fit in talking points in a TV show or in the comments Mm -hmm. section of a social media post or something. Um, and so, um, love of neighbor is nuanced because it includes human beings <laughs> and yeah. um, it's hated. Mm. So that's, I'm not sure I answered your question, but. I'm oh man, you
3: did. Beautiful. And, and, and yeah, like uh, to follow that, amen, amen to that. But yeah, I think, you know, um, I think what you're getting at with that question somewhat tongue in cheek is that the, these denominate, these Christian denominations and traditions are seen as being more liberal. So they're, they're sometimes labeled as, Pro-abortion, when that's that's not what it is, and I, I think, I think, yeah, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America is is a left-leaning, social justice, more liberal-minded kind of denomination. Has become that way over the last decade or two, Um, but within all Christian traditions, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Episcopalian. Name it. There, there's a spectrum within its own denomination itself mm-hmm. that sure. that has its conservative wing, its liberal wing, and what they feel like is more important uh, for for their faith. So yeah, the ELCA um, aspects of Anglicanism and and Presbyterian um, have have a, a a part of its tradition that tends to be more liberal minded, or you know labeled Democrat or whatever it is. I, I don't. We can't claim that this is the party we stand for, or or that. It's like yeah. Every single ELCA Lutheran is a Democrat. They just tend to side on, on the side of uh, politics that uh, revolve around social justice and and healthcare that that tend to be more democratic talking points. But but yeah, I'm not pro-abortion. I would say I'm I'm pro-life. But within that pro-life, I know it's nuanced when it comes to uh, as Jennifer said relationships and people. And and I think um, the reason we invited Jennifer here is, is uh, she's a woman, a woman in ministry. And, and I feel like it's important for me uh, as of late, someone who has two daughters, um, to be more listening uh, than, than um, feeling like I have all the right answers or feel like I need to stick a line in the sand. I, I want to have a posture of listening to what's important to them and what their experience is in the world. So Revol- revolving around that that's kind of the posture of am um, having at this point point. and
2: one of the mm-hmm. um to speak just a little bit more about the elca one of the um gorgeous things about it really is um that we are uh we are okay with the nuance um nobody uh, uh we're not told this is how you need to i don't know vote or think or whatever true and i serve in rural north carolina and I am the pastor of this incredibly beautiful congregation, um, and I—I I suppose most many of them do not vote or think like me on this topic at all. Um, and that's just the holy place that we live and are in Christian unity and do the difficult work of love of neighbor when you don't agree. So I'm glad yeah. to be in that space.
0: Yeah, we're going to move on after this, but I just find it one thing interesting not to get on the topic of race, but um, the ELCA is statistically the widest denomination, mm-hmm. and the AME Zion Church is the most African-American denomination statistically. And both of them tend to be a little bit more democratic. And I just find that interesting kind of at its core. Don't want to sit on it, but it is interesting that I would encourage our listeners to just kind of look into that a little bit
3: yeah and I'll add too like if if you want to find out more about uh what the e l c a believes or or stands for or somehow they how they articulate um positions on on these issues. Do go to the website elca.org, and they have uh, a section of social statements that talk to everything from environment uh, to voting rights to race and racism to abortion, and and a lot of that you will find. I mean, it frustrates some people because they're like, they're not making a hard stand; they're speaking out, speaking out <laughs> both sides of their mouth. But I think that's it's so that congregations and communities of faith can take these social statements and sit with them and talk about and discuss them in their communities, and and have some. More nuanced uh less black and white conversation about it or or clobber verses on top of each other but but rather let's have a conversation about this and where where's your experience and where do you see god's spirit and 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 scripture and and God's word speaking to these issues to you so that's it is there on the website there if you want to go deeper if listeners you're out there and you're like, what do they believe? what do they think um uh, go 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 hunt it down, or send me a message, and I'll point you in the right direction <laughs> yeah.
0: and a lot of times we forget. People forget when we're talking about this, how many actual people, you know, and especially, you know, I feel like a lot of conservative pastors, even how many people are in your congregation who have some experience with this. So I do think Mm -hmm. it's just even more so than just the importance of being nuanced. There's the importance of being sensitive. So Mm -hmm. I I do like that Mm -hmm. approach of conversation.
1: Right. Uh, There are so many different stances on this. This issue within the church. Uh, Some are passionately pro-life Some are pro-life, but still lean more towards the Democratic Party in America. Uh, Some are even pro-choice. How do we understand all the many different positions people in the church take on this issue? Uh, What all arguments have you both heard within the church Mm -hmm. in regards to it? I want Pastor Jennifer to go first. I feel like Hmm. she has something to say.
2: Hmm. Um, Well, we hear the same arguments (laughs) in the church that you you hear out of the church, I think. I think that I'm going to probably just keep saying this. I don't know. Uh, I hope I'm not just a, a broken record, except if I am a broken record for anything, I hope that it's Christian unity and love. So um, if, um, like like I said, we, we, we can go anywhere to hear all these arguments, right? These arguments are not, they're not separate arguments in the church and out of the church. Um, what we find in the church is people trying to figure out how to love their neighbor. And um, I think that what becomes really painful inside the church is when someone stands up, they know that they are right. They are righteous. They've got all the answers. It's very simple. The Bible says so, etc. cetera. And in front of them in the pews or in a Bible study class or something with them, someone is aching and um, in pain because mm-hmm. of the their stance and the way they've spoken and the judgment that's just oozing, and so um what I hope we find inside the church is more intentional love of neighbor including uh, the unborn and including the pregnant and um that's why it's you know complicated mm-hmm. again yeah
3: i think I think that's as well says like there there really isn't a separation. we've we've heard it all, and within the church, I think because. Um, church life and community and faith is so tied to our identities, and more and more, I, I think, where we stand politically has become maybe overshadowed some of our of what we believe in terms of our faith and Christianity, un- unfortunately. And and so, they're they're both there. So I think um, what what I know I try to encourage in in my community of faith is is yeah we hopefully we're having a different conversation. Here than we are like on social media or message boards mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or to win a tweet- twitter war you know that that kind of thing is 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 no place here, and how we posture ourselves within these walls we should also do when we're beyond the walls out with our neighbor or or online uh we're not going to change anybody's mind by a clever meme or or a tweet it's 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 the ongoing relationship, so I think yeah there In in my context uh, here in Chapel Hill, on the doorstep of a university, um, is it tends to be more liberal Democrat, and I have to remind the other side: look, do not demean or or think less them or dehumanize those who vote differently from you um, uh, on on the other side. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and so let's be mindful of those things too. Um, So yeah,
0: personally, if I'm thinking of church specific arguments or situations that arise from this, I'm thinking of, especially having grown up in a more conservative Pentecostal church, you hear a lot of the, the Bible is absolutely against abortion, anything else is absolutely sin. So there's a lot of, the Bible says this, so how could you possibly be against it? It is genuinely, no, the Bible says this, how is it possible for you to do anything else? And then a lot of the other side I've heard is more of the, the Bible clearly tells us to care for women, why aren't you prioritizing that? And then you have this layer on top of that where a huge proportion of abortions that do happen in America are from women who grew up in conservative Christian churches because they are so afraid of the social repercussions of what can happen if they had a baby out of wedlock, for example. So there's a lot of layers within the church that are particularly concerning and I think kind of blinded to the full picture that we're talking about. Right. Right. So. I wanted to spit off a few facts, a few numbers, and kind of get y'all's take on some of this. Um, and plus, it's just important to educate the church about everything. Uh, the most, cons- One of the most conservative Christian denominations out there, the Southern Baptist Convention, was originally pro-choice. They were in favor of abortion rights until Leonard Wilson's photo of a baby in the womb was put on Life magazine. And once they were able to see that is when they changed their stance. It was changed because of, you know, you might call it science, you might call it photo, whatever. That is why that changed. And kind of the rest of the conservative church followed that example. You have, right now, around 70% of Republicans believe that there should be some exceptions of some sort. Whether it be, you know, early term for the health of the mother, whatever, there should be some exceptions of some sort, according to 70% of Republicans. More than 50% of church attendees believe there should be some kind of exceptions. You have... More than 60% of Americans are pro-choice when it's the first trimester, but less than 20% believe abortion should be legal in the third trimester. So we see a lot of this nuance reflected in polls and what people are saying they believe, but we don't hear that when we look at the arguments on Twitter or on the news or anything like that. What what do we do with all this information? Does that change anything about this conversation? Why, why are we only hearing yes or no concerning this issue?
1: I think... Right now, we live in a world of extremism, uh, increasingly so in the past several years. Uh, people aren't out there getting heated about their you know, nuanced, centrist policies. That's not what drives True. engagement. That's not True. what's going to get them out there and noticed. And a lot of the people who are peddling these extreme, you know, one side or the other, very polarized beliefs, don't actually fully believe what they're saying. Some of them do, for sure.
0: But a lot of them don't. You hear a lot of the it's absolutely the same thing as murder, but then they believe there's exceptions if it's the health of a mother or something. But that would not be the case if we were talking about a murderer.
1: Well, you know, self-defense. Yeah. Well, I think
2: I really appreciate what TJ just said about uh, it just doesn't sell right nuance Mm -hmm. and real Christian love of neighbor um, takes time and investment and sacrifice it means I have to sit there and listen to you while you say the things I disagree with. And mm. I can't and I'm not supposed to, ju- I, you know, I don't jump in and interrupt you and and paint you into a corner with some sort of statistic or Bible bullet. My <laughs> my pastor dad always <laughs> uh, called it Bible bullets when, when you're using scripture as a bullet to try to harm someone rather than um, love mm. someone. So, you know, um, it costs us. It's sacrificial to sit and listen and not make my point that I want to make right on the, before you even finish yours, um, it costs us something. And, um, and it doesn't fit on a meme. It does not fit on a meme, uh, you know, a big paragraph about, well, in this case, or this, or we better, you know, how are we considering um, our theological stance on or whatever it, it doesn't fit in a, on a PowerPoint in a chart or whatever. And so, um, so you're right. It doesn't sell. It's not, sort of sexy media and um, and it's really deeply important that that we do the difficult sacrificial work. Um, so,
3: yeah, just to coattail on that some too, like, like you said, like we're, we live in a clickbait um, kind of society. And so the same kind of work I've been on here before talking about faith and science, The there's nuanced, healthy conversations around faith and science, but what's going to sell or hit a click, an article or watch a YouTube debate is going to be the two sole extremes. They want to see a fight rather than a nuanced, caring conversation about how to have a healthy conversation around it. So I think, and, and there's a growing sense, uh, within this topic, I think as a whole in society, a growing, uh, skepticism towards, um, like uh, authority uh, institutions uh, uh, politics or politicians so there's that level of trust is not there because they can see through this political agenda like you said it might have been a photo that Pulled on the heartstrings of a particular Christian denomination, but I also think there are some out there who will say there was a grab of power and wanted to make an issue abortion an issue that people would gravitate towards, so they could have more of a, a kind of this right-wing power uh, agenda in politics to preserve institution and and money and and authority. In fact, the issue itself can be used as kind of a political. Bullet per se to to bully other people or to rile up your base, and so I think there's definitely uh, room for that conversation too, and I'm sure there's genuine heart so sort of like, yeah, I would never want to terminate a pregnancy because I care for for that what could be and will be uh, a human being in this world breathing air with us but but I think there's also that skepticism towards uh, political agendas that are trying to use the issue to to mm-hmm. hold on to power or manipulate other people with
1: mm-hmm. right and a lot of churches celebrated the overturning of Roe versus Wade this summer, despite so many people in their communities being hurt and scared because of the decision. Is there one answer for how all Christians should approach those who are scared or angry in this time, regardless of what they might believe about abortion?
2: How does Jesus approach people who are scared? Hmm. You know, what's our call? We just, when someone is scared, you don't tell them, knock it off. Just stop being scared. You say, in some way, I love you, and it matters to me that you're scared. What can we do? The same thing for anger, the same thing for this, um, you know, this discourse in our country. What Mm -hmm. do you do? What do you do when somebody is, uh, broken in some way? Well, if you're a Christian, you pour love out. You pour yourself out for the sake of your neighbor. And it's going to look different every time, and it's not neat and tidy. Um, So is there a way that Christ's church can deal with those who are angry or scared? Yeah, with great love.
3: Hmm. And I think in the in the question you asked is, is there one answer? And I would say, no, there's not. <laughs> Rarely is there is there. And when people ask Jesus a question in scripture, he often responded with another question. He didn't say, here's your one answer. And it, and it stands the test of time and you will always handle it this way. He's he's answering, asking a question to go deeper to see what's underneath the question. And, and when my child was scared, I, I wouldn't say, well, don't be. I would say, why are you scared? Help me understand why you're scared and see what I can do with that. And, and when they explain why, then I can say, well, let's talk about the dark. Let's talk about the noises you hear. Let's talk about your anxiety. And and, and, it, and yeah, I did that with my daughters when they were five uh, or three, but now they're they're adults. And when this decision came down, they were scared. And I didn't just say, don't be. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> tell me why you're scared. And I would listen and say, oh, okay, that's why you're scared. Because it's it's not just a black and white abortion, pro-life, pro-choice. It's it's women's health care that you're worried about. And there's a politicians who feel like they are in control. They feel like politicians are in control of their health care. And that was at the root of what was going on with that verdict, um, or what I heard them saying of why they were scared and nervous.
0: Yeah, I... You, you mentioned Jesus often answered a question with a question. And one of the few times he actually did give an answer directly was when he was asked what the greatest commandment was. He said, love your God. And then a second like that is love your, na- love your neighbor as yourself. And when I think of that, the answer that I could think of would then be if you were scared, regardless of if your reason were legitimate or not, how would you want someone to approach you? Doesn't matter if you're right or not. You're scared, you know? And getting to that point of healthcare, um, some state laws, and technically, and that's how lawyers work, where lawyers think about what technically would happen if this law passed. What does these words actually mean? Some of these state laws would mean that you'd have to see ectopic pregnancies go to fruition, which just means the baby and the mom dies. So we have to be careful how we word our laws, how we approach this issue, because as much as we want to just say, hey, pro-life, no matter what... That's not pro-life if both people are dying, you know? So you have to have conversations. You have to think about these things. And to an extent, you need to deter some things to the scientists who understand what is life, when is life possible, when is it not possible. So when we're talking about issues like this, like homosexuality, even like drinking, some Christians will say that's an absolute sin. So anyone who does that, they are sinning, they cannot make it to heaven, that kind of thing. The Bible is pretty clear: light and dark don't mix. If these things are sin, then how can those who believe differently pursue unity with those who they believe are in darkness? Um, Will, do you want to start this time?
3: Yeah, I would say even even around the theology of light and dark, like I I think there there's even nuance in that. Like there's definitely that imagery of light and dark, but then um, you know always calling dark bad or evil is is also problematic, you know, it's just like in terms of, um, how we talk about race, how we talk about people, how uh, stuff there's beauty in sunsets when it's not yet dark and not yet light, the sunrise sunsets, there's, there's being there. So anyway, I I think scripture holds this too, but I, I definitely see what you're saying in terms of light and dark. And if someone sees, I, I would just say, let's not see people as either or, um, uh, the danger of the single story. Oh, that person's pro-choice or pro-life. So they can't be the duh. Maybe there's a, there's an intersectionality of, of a bunch of different stories within them. So you look at me as a pastor and like, well, he's a pastor. Well, it's not just a pastor. He's, he's a dad. He's a surfer. He's a geek. He, um, he likes to go on podcasts and talk like there, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff about his story. And so it's not just either, or, but, but a lot of both ends. So, yeah, yeah. There, there are moments where it's black and white. There, there, are, you can't have gray without black and white. Um, But, but there's a there's a spectrum there. And to not see uh, another human being as an either or um, would be my challenge, and would be how I would, because I didn't think I don't think that's how Jesus operates or postured himself in the world. So, it, he was more he was more critical of those who saw him black and white or either or than he was with those who were. Um, Maybe wrestling with with aspects of life.
2: I think if I truly believe someone is in the, in the wrong in a way that's dangerous to them, right? Like if you're talking about heaven and hell, um, I am going to draw near with love. I'm not going to say, "Well, I better give you another lecture." <laughs> or, right? I mean, like, what's going to shift? What's going to draw you toward what I think is healthy and wholeness and shalom, even if we disagree on what that is? Like if if I'm sitting in one position with one sort of lens and I think you're wrong, for lack of a better word, how will I draw you toward what I think is whole? How has anyone ever drawn me? Someday we'll tell you how Will Rose drew me to the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Yeah. Um, with a
3: lecture and saying if she didn't, she wasn't a true and geek.
2: And a, a PowerPoint <laughs> with a bunch of bullet points. Yeah. No. <laughs> right? So if you want someone to to draw near and feel safe to ask questions or whatever it is, that only happens with great love. And so I... Boy, I've said those words many times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's true. It's it's interesting that if you look at the state laws and these things have been in place long enough that we have numbers behind them now, you see the most restrictive state laws are only as effective as the same states that have the most laws to help women and their health needs at preventing abortion. Actually, helping women helps Prevent abortion just as much as those restrictive laws, and I feel like helping people just seems like a more Christian way to go. If you had to pick between those two,
1: hmm. yeah. if you had to pick, yeah,
0: but I don't, I don't know if you have to pick. But if you did, <laughs>
1: so how can those who are pro-choice have peace with Christians who claim they're all going to hell for their beliefs? Man,
2: what a just, question!
3: Take it away, take it away, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You believing that I'm going to hell does not mean I'm going to hell. Hmm. Right? Like, you can so. have a deep faith that my life and the way I walk with Jesus is wrong and headed straight to hell. That doesn't make you right. And so I can still um, be in relationship with you. And as a matter of fact, if I think you are wrong, then we're back to the other question. How would I bring you to a place where you, where I think that there's a different kind of wholeness, not by more lecturing and arguing. (laughs) So (laughs) if you think I'm wrong, then I probably think you're wrong. Right. And we're, if we're ever going to get, first of all, I, I really mean that, um, when people have condemned gay people to hell, um, that doesn't mean that just means that that's their faith position. That doesn't mean God doesn't love gay people and will not save them or whatever. That doesn't mean that. It only means that someone holds a position, right? Right. So if someone holds a position that I'm wrong, how are they going to get me to listen to them with, let's say it again, with great love, right? Someone's (laughs) going to get me to listen to them and see if I am wrong, if they are right, that I'm just going straight to hell for my position. um, Then we're back to that same thing of, Nothing ever changes with a lecture. Things change it seems, in relationships.
3: It seems like there could be a quote or catchphrase, with great love comes great responsibility. <laughs>
2: oh! And I, I, could, be,
3: I could be, you know, whoa. maybe, maybe that's <laughs> I, it.
0: <laughs> you know, we're talking about love being, you know, regardless of which side you are on, this is how we have the conversation is with love. Um, and this is one of the few things that I'll say. I, I am pro-life, but I am... I am more of the Catholic version of pro-life. I I feel like the Catholic church does a great job with some of that of, Hey, we want to see babies born. We also want to care for mothers. We also want to care for the children. Once they're here, we also are against the death penalty. They're pro-life the entire way through. And that's one where I like, I like that approach. So,
3: yeah. Yeah. And like consistent with like, not just abortion, but death penalty and also like gun laws and keeping people safe. Yeah. Those, those things that are consistent through. when yeah, it when be you, pro-life when all the way. Pro-life all the yeah, way
1: through. Personally, I like the way the Jewish do it. If it's dangerous to the mama,
3: get it out of there. <laughs> it's
1: Basically, that's the summation of uh, what I yeah. believe.
0: Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Protect mom at all costs. Podcast over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, life, all the lives in the equation matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And
2: it's, and it's, uh, if there's a painful choice to be made, don't, we don't take that lightly. Um, but mama's life also matters. Yep.
1: So, what is the best case scenario of how Democratic, Republican, pro life, pro choice, and any mix of these Christians can interact with one another? Uh, Could you paint us a picture of what you envision to be possible, Pastor Jennifer?
2: I think we already have, right? I mean, how are we going to do this? Um, we're going to have to. Um, turn off the television and turn toward our neighbor. We're going we're gonna to have to do something different. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it has to be relationships. So how do you build relationships? Not not by lecturing. <laughs> it just has never happened that way. Um, we build relationships with sacrificial listening and not having to be right. And um, even holding our rightness. I mean, I can still believe I'm right. But in the conversation and in the relationship building and the trying to figure out where we have common ground, not just um, divisive um, ground, um, that's what the, what I'm describing is Christ's goal and truth for us already is Christian unity. We already are united in Christ's um death and resurrection and um at, at as the church of Christ we are already united we just keep acting like we aren't so okay. living into our unity at the font at the table um you know in in our love of Christ and that's how we will do it it's it's not a blueprint that we can just you know this is the next action but it is if i love my neighbor not if I'm pretending to love my neighbor. If I love my neighbor, then whatever the next best step is, I will take it.
3: Yeah, I think there's a struggling rabbi and pastor who wrote this analogy about one body. And like if the hand says to the ear, <laughs> I don't need you, or the eye says to the nose or whatever body part you choose. Like that, There, there's that kind of an, and there's and, and it seems like the church has been wrestling this with a long uh, wrestling with this a long time. Because uh he set up that analogy two thousand years ago and we're still trying to figure that out. But I think in our society with our, you know, siloed off which type of news you want to listen to on your T V or, or um social media group or, or message board, we, we silo ourselves off and 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 yeah, how do we get out of our own algorithms into the same room to have these conversation um together in a meaningful way to get to know each other better and love each other better?
0: Yeah. I um so we we occasionally we refer back to a tier system, and it's something we picked up early on. I think it was like episode 12 that it, one of our professors gave us, that there's this first tier issues are like the gospel, these things that we have to agree on first tier to all be Christians. To have Christian unity, we have to be on the same page for tier one. Then tier two is when we get into, well, we can be Christians, but maybe go to different denominations, you know, because it's it's kind of a bigger issue. And then tier three would be we can go to the same church, same denomination, just kind of make fun of each other for disagreeing on this. You know, some stuff like when exactly will Jesus come back? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, okay, well, (laughs) who who cares? (laughs) Where where do we put this? Is this uh, if you believe abortion is okay or not? okay? is that a tier one? Is that salvation matter? What where would you put this? Um, Since this was not on the outline, I'm going to put Pastor Will in the spot first, give Jennifer a little bit time to think about it. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I would I would say it's tier two. I, I think it's an important enough issue because it's not like, I, I again I don't think the ELCA is saying abortion is okay. They're saying it's is nuanced, or we need to take in consideration all lives that are a part of this, uh, what's going on. But but I think if if there are clear passionate stands on how we handle healthcare or the rights for the mother or the child, and and we have to disagree, then perhaps. Um, we we don't necessarily call people unchristian, but perhaps we we have to be in two different denominations um, because it's it's, it's hard um, because there's people we're caring about and want people to feel safe in our in our space to worship and talk about their lives. So so maybe that. So I would I don't, I'm not going to say it's a light hearted matter from three, and I don't think it's like uh, got, uh, tier one, but but I would go with tier two. It's kind of just thinking off the top of my head right now
0: if other arguments in our nation haven't ru- didn't already ruin this phrase, I would say you could say all lives matter, but yeah, we don't <laughs> want to open that can of worms. So I, Jennifer.
2: yeah, I concur with, Bill, with Will. I just have, um, I I just call you Bill. Wow.
3: Well, Bill, yeah, awesome. um,
2: I think that tier one, I, I kind of like that. I'm going to be thinking about this after, uh, for a while with this tier one, two and three, um, uh, Tier one for me is Christ is Lord. Christ died and was raised from the dead. I mean, like it's it's going to be pretty. Uh, we have to have those things in common. That would be tier one, and and tier three. We we kind of use this word audiopera right? This um, if you, nice. if it yeah. if it's not central, you know, you can decide what color you want to paint the front door. Get <laughs> you can decide <laughs> if the youth group gets to sell the donuts or not, or whatever. I mean, you're gonna. What color your pyramids are, are going to be? Um, uh, but, but tier two sounds to me like this is um, this is very serious. We are taking this conversation and this issue seriously, and it also sounds like tier two is hard work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. I'm, I'm in for that kind of hard work. We, this conversation we've had today, other conversations about difficult um, topics. Um, if we're not in, um, I'm not sure that we're, that we're sure about tier one, right? That Jesus is Lord and that we are free to do the hard work because uh, we are never going to be fully righteous before God. Christ is doing that. Has Christ is that. And our unity with Christ brings us there. So we are safe to try loving our neighbors and yeah. if we get it wrong we'll try again with more
0: love i like in general i like tier two for this um i'll say obviously th- there are places where it'll go outside of that um you know if for some reason i, I know that there's some wiccan beliefs that you know sacrificing a b- baby empowers them more or whatever and if you're just third trimester abortion is fun yeah th- that's that's a first tier thing that is you are very far from god at that point <laughs> you know uh but I don't think anyone's really doing that. Um and if it's you know, I, I think it's possible that if we're saying we're both pro-life and I think it's only the only exception is if it's gonna kill the baby and the mother, and you think the only exception it should also be an exception if it's gonna kill the mother, even if it doesn't kill the baby, we could probably go to the same church and disagree on that really minute difference, you know.
2: I'll tell you, we're already we're already Going to a church, <laughs> Will and I probably, <laughs> yeah. maybe Will less so in your neighborhood. I don't know, but we are already living out the gospel in a church where people—they are, are not even as, not even anywhere near as close as you just said. That like the uh, the mother will die and or the both the mother and child will die or whatever. They have they're much farther apart, yeah. and That's- we still meet at the table and receive christ into our bodies to be nourished for work in the world we still mm. hear the gospel from the pulpit we still mm. gather around the font and welcome people into the family um so i don't know if all denominations can do that but ours can we we're doing it <laughs> we're doing it
3: <laughs> yeah um, and it's not always easy it's hard
2: it's hard no it's hard it's
1: <laughs> but and we're doing it.
2: Call it tier two because i think i think that hard work is right in the middle of yeah yeah
1: you know, to for me sure. this this really seems like the only thing of where I've ever said I was like you know like two point five like I could probably go to the oh. same church with this person I'm just not gonna sit next to him <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. yeah
2: <laughs> and that's the call of Christian unity right we don't have to want uh, to invite you over for dinner <laughs> right we, I don't I don't have to I hope I hope Christ will make me so much like Christ that I can't not love you like I, I hope. That's my dream. That's what I work toward in my own spiritual life. It's what I think is true. And what we just keep saying is not true <laughs> that yeah. we are actually, um, capable of loving each other fully. Um, but the call, I mean, even Jesus was at dinner parties with people. He really didn't want to be at a dinner party with. He told them they were throwing the wrong <laughs> kind of party. And <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, so, but, but to be present and to love someone that you disagree with, that's a holy call. That's yeah. that's good stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, sometimes to be like Christ is to be hungry. If you're hungry enough, you do invite yourself over to the tax collector's house, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, hey, I'm going to have dinner at your house, man. <laughs>
3: That's right. You know how to throw a party. Yeah, and I, I, I joke around this, but I, I I believe it. You know, Jesus said uh, to love everyone. He didn't say you have to like everybody. And there's parts about um, uh, people I, I just don't like. There's parts about myself I don't like, but, but I love myself and I, um, you know, called to love. And it's a different than than like or tastes or who I want to hang out with or have a drink with Tejas with that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Good reference. I like that show. It's a good
1: show.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a patron exclusive if you follow Systematic Geekology. <laughs> Drinks with Tegis, where he talks about people's favorite beverages with them. I'm Tegis. Whatever it may be. So we like to
1: start our wrap-up for our show uh, with our God moment segment, where if you haven't heard before, uh, we just like to take a minute to share what all God has been up to with us recently by sharing a blessing, challenge, moment of worship, anything along those lines where we've seen God in our lives, and I always make Josh go first to give everyone else enough time to think.
0: Yeah, so recently, I, um, I've um i mentioned before, I recently uh, suffered the loss of my grandmother. Uh, not really lost. I know where she's at, you know, <laughs> but it is still challenging. We do miss her here, and I had a non-refundable trip to Orlando booked, and I just knew I was not going to be able to enjoy it. I was kind of loathing it a little bit, uh, but I did have a good brother of the Lord come along with me, and I told him, hey, listen, I I just need you to do the best of your abilities to just be selfish enough to not think about me being sad so that I can be distracted by us all having fun. So I just need you to have fun for all of us so that, you know, my wife was also close to her. So we would have just made each other sad, but, uh, this good brother of the Lord, this good Christian friend, um, I believe his name was Tiberius, uh, was able to help us and we had a good time regardless of the situation. And I feel blessed for having that friend in my life.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, uh, I will go next to give our esteemed guests as much time as possible. Uh, my mother recently had a bone biopsy, which, uh, if you want to know more about, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. I'll explain it on there, Uh, but results came back good. She's all clear. It was a a great, it was a great time. Yeah. We'd love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Will, do you have a God moment for us this week?
3: I, I do. So, um, Last Thursday, I went and took communion to one of our shut-in members, and um, I don't know if you guys remember, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, uh, last Thursday, um, the queen died at 96, and I I found that out by walking into this person's room, and it was on the TV, the news, breaking news, queen dies at 96, and this person happened to be 96 years old, so Mary turns and looks at me and, and goes... The queen, I mean, not even saying hello. She's like, the queen just died, and she was ninety six, and I'm ninety six. And I was yeah. like, well, then I guess we need to have communion. Let's let's have communion with each other. Let's, it's time to have communion, and let's talk about that. So we were able to sit down and be thankful for ninety six years, and and know that there there may be uh, some more ahead, but also. Uh, praying for what happened in world history and also having communion with each other. So that was a God moment. And that's whenever now people talk about uh, the Queen of England passing away, I'm going to think of that moment with Mary when I when I found out.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Pastor Jen, do you have a God moment for us?
2: I do. I actually, uh, I've only been serving in this call at Cobol's Lutheran um, for not quite three months. I live across the street in the Parsonage. And, um, I have never lived in the country before. I've been a city girl or large town girl my whole life.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and the, the beauty of the welcome I have received into this community of people who have known, known each other. Um, many of them all share the same last name, you know, they grew up here. Um, welcoming me into their community has been, it's just been astonishing the, depth of the welcome um and uh and we all know that we don't all vote or think or uh you know perceive things the like <laughs> and um a- and we are able to um just be in community with <laughs> with great love
1: great awesome i love to hear that so if you enjoyed this episode please consider sharing with a friend or a enemy you always have that option. You could also share it with a cousin. Uh, we might prefer yeah. that even. You can share job. it with one of my cousins. Uh, check out our other podcasts at geekology.org. Head over to our Patreon. Check out one of our Patreon shows like Too Long Didn't Listen or Pet Peeves. And thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Coming up, we'll be interviewing Dr. Edward Greenstein about his commentary of the Book of Job to help with our Dividing Scriptures series. Then we'll be back with another roundtable discussion this time on how we view our identity in Christ, our gender identity, our national identity, etc. And finally, at the end of Season 1, Francis Chan will be joining us. He doesn't know. Hooray.
0: He'll figure it out.
1: He'll know soon. Yeah, soon. And like I said, head over to Patreon for the Too Long Didn't Listen, which we will record.
0: Thank you for listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Remember, you can always sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast for as little as $3 a month. Tune back in next week, where we'll have another roundtable discussion, this time talking about the importance of identity in Christ and what other identities we carry with us.